Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. It's by the grace of God that you get to heaven. You simply repent of your sins, receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by works that you are saved, but it's the free gift of God. So to get to heaven, you just have to have faith and belief. It's God's gift. But what a lot of people don't understand is that your treasure in heaven has to do with what you do. So there's treasure in heaven, but the treasure is based not on grace, but on works. Now, your salvation is not based on works. It's based on grace. But your treasure is not based on grace, it's based on works. And a lot of Christians don't get this. They think everything is grace, but it's not. And I'm going to take you on a a journey today to show you that now that you were saved, now that you're a Christian, God expects something from you. And this is how we build treasure. And I'm going to talk about building treasure in heaven. The other thing that I want to say is this. Anne and I went to the United States uh, quite a few years ago and we went to this great big plaza that was dedicated to the great American dream. And the great American dream, there it was on the plaza, was these words, the pursuit of happiness. How many of you heard that phrase, the pursuit of happiness? And, And you know what I found? I found that for a lot of people, that to them is the ultimate thing. You know, I, everything I do in life is for the pursuit of my happiness. But what I've discovered is that the great human dream ought to be not the pursuit of happiness, but the pursuit of usefulness. For you to be useful, for you to understand that In living this life, there ought to be a pursuit of making my life useful. And then this is what else I've discovered, is that the irony of this is that in the helping of others, inadvertently, without even pursuing it, we find a deep sense of happiness. How ironic is that? That the real pursuit of happiness is found in the pursuit of usefulness. And what we're trying to do in this message and this series and this month is to help you find places where you can become useful in helping others and thereby fulfill your divine purpose. So let, let me read the text. Okay, the text is Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So what I want to just for you to focus in on is the command of Jesus. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, don't make the goal of your life treasures on earth, but make the goal of your life treasures in heaven. And so what I want to do today is just explain to you what that looks like. So many, many years ago, I I heard a story that totally impacted my life and I've never forgotten it. And I've, in all probability, shared it with you on many occasions, but I want to share it with you again. It was about, the story was about this very wealthy Christian woman who had a dream. She was wealthy enough to have a full-time gardener on her premises. How many of you know that to have a full-time gardener, you need to be fairly wealthy? And she dreamed that both her and a gardener died at the same time and they were ushered into heaven. Both of them Christians ushered into heaven. And so there they were met at the gates of heaven by an angel who proceeded to take them on a guided tour of heaven. How many of you would like a guided tour of heaven? And so, um, and so the angel said, look, heaven has many mansions and, and I'm going to show you the mansions of heaven and eventually take you to your own eternal mansion. So she's thinking to herself, oh my goodness, I lived in a great mansion here on planet earth. What an incredible mansion I'm going to have in heaven. And, uh, and so the angels took her to the grand uh, first avenue of heaven and there were just mansions beyond anything we've ever seen on earth. And then as they proceeded down the grand avenues of heaven, one of the angels turned and said, see, see that mansion over there? And it was grander than anything she'd ever seen before. The angel said to the gardener, this is your eternal abode. And the gardener goes, are you kidding me? This is beyond my wildest dreams. And so, so she's thinking to herself, wow, if my gardener gets a mansion like that, man, I just can't wait to see mine. And so what she notices is, is that as they start walking down the avenues of heaven, that the mansions start to get smaller. And how many of you know that the streets of heaven are made out of 18 karat gold or 21 karat? They're made out of gold anyway. So she started to see that as they started going to the back blocks, the gold started to get a little bit less. And anyway, she's thinking, oh, well, we're in the back blocks of heaven. And finally, the angel takes them right to the last avenue of heaven and they're just shacks. And the angel turns to the the Christian woman and says, oh, and by the way, see that home over there? And he's pointing to this little lean-to shack. And he says, oh, that's your eternal abode. And she's shocked and she says, that can't be. How is it that my gardener gets such a huge 
mansion and I get a little shack on the outskirts of heaven. And the angel turns to her and says, I'm sorry, but that's the best we could do with the materials you sent up. And then she woke up and realized it was a dream. How many of you at that point want to wake up and say, oh man, that is a crazy dream. But she realized that in that dream, God was speaking to her. That her gardener was a man of God, shared his faith, gave from his resources, did all he could to extend the kingdom of God. He was building treasure in heaven. She was just giving leftovers. Be, not, 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 from, not from the essence of her wealth, but from the leftovers of her wealth. And she realized, oh my goodness, I was so focused on treasure here that I lost sight of treasure there. And you know what? That dream turned her life around. And I, I remember hearing that story and I thought, Lord, right at the very beginning, you know, it's, it's like, seriously, it's like superannuation. If you only start right at the back end, there's not going to be much. But if you start right at the front end, and, but as long as you start somewhere, build treasure in heaven. And so right at the formation of my ministry, I've always felt, do you know what? I, my focus is not building any treasure on earth. It's building treasure in heaven. And I can remember Anne and I having this conversation before we were married, which would have been maybe 44 years ago, before we were married. And, and this was the essence. It was the, it was the foundation. of my, And I turned to her and I said, sweetheart, if, if you want a big house, two cars in the garage, money in the bank, and, and all these sorts of things, you're looking to the wrong guy. Because I can't promise you those things because it's not in my heart. I focused on serving the Lord. I focused on building treasure in heaven. And, and you know what? We've done that all of our ministry life. But you know what we've discovered as well? What we've discovered as well is that what we did not put in our heart, God put into our pockets. And so now we look and we've got the two-story house. We have the two cars in the garage and a motorbike as well. And <laughs> praise God for the motorbike. Huh? Can you believe that my motorbike is called a fat boy? That's the title of my motorbike, Fat Boy. So you've got to be fat to ride a fat boy. But never mind, I'm working on that. Okay, going the other way, not that way. The, the point that I'm making is this. What is the focus of your life, building treasure on earth or building treasure in heaven? So can I share with you how to build treasure in heaven? Hey, anyone interested? Huh? Okay, number one. This actually, this verse in Matthew chapter 6 actually introduces a theme that is pursued all the way through the New Testament. And that theme is summarized in Matthew 6.33, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You say, well, how does that connect? Because the theme that Jesus is introducing is no treasure here on earth. Focus on treasure in heaven. And then he, 
he culminates that thought with this thought. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if, if you put your heart into the things of God's kingdom, he will give you the treasures of the earth. As long as it's not in your heart, he'll give it into your pocket. And so, and, and so thus continues the theme. So the first thing that we need to do to lay up treasure in heaven is just understand the reality of the kingdom of God and not focus on just the reality of this kingdom. Because we can become so carnally minded that we lose sight of our spirituality. And last week I was meant to preach this sermon on becoming spiritually minded out of Daniel and I didn't get time to preach it. And, and so... One of these days I'll get to preach part two of Daniel. So hang in there. It'll come. It'll come. But the problem is this, is that all of the essence of this world is trying to get your gaze on the things of this world and all the things that you need here to survive. And What Jesus is saying, if you want to build treasure in heaven, you need to get a spiritual kingdom perspective. Everybody say a spiritual kingdom perspective. And we've got to be opened up to that so that we understand that we're only here for a little time. What is it? You know, last week we found out this, this little girl, her time here was 10 years. We've got people here that are in their 90s. Praise God for that. But if you're 90... You just know, well, I don't have decades left, maybe one, maybe two at the very most, but we're coming towards that end. And then we face eternity. We face forever and ever and ever and ever. So what do you want? Do you want treasure that has a use-by date here? Or do you want eternal treasure that has no use-by date and you will enjoy forever and ever? So seek first the kingdom. Number two, give to the poor and needy. So Luke 14, 13 to 14, talks about the importance of giving to the poor and needy. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus has an encounter with a rich young ruler. And Jesus advocates to him, you know, your heart is involved in, in all of your treasure here. Why don't you get rid of it and then and give it to the poor? And if you do this, then you will have treasure in heaven. And so there's this essence of if you have, you have a responsibility to give to the have-nots. And again, we... We sort of only get a very small perspective on this. And our small perspective is focused on money. And this is much bigger than money. This is all about if you have something that someone near you needs, then you have and they need. And it's, and it's important that we don't walk away, but we share what we have with those who don't have. How, how many of you are so, are so thrilled that you have a revelation that Jesus died on the cross for you? How wonderful is that? 
But we are surrounded by people who don't have that revelation. And their lives would be totally transformed if they had that revelation. And so part of building treasure in heaven is to value what you have and also get a revelation of the people in your world that don't have what you have and start giving it to them. This is repeated again in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 6. Very important passage of scripture where Paul takes up this theme. And this is what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 17 to 19. He writes to Timothy and he says, Command those who are rich in this present age. Let me just stop there for a little while. Because when we read this passage, command those who are rich in this present age, we only interpret it in the sense of richness of money, richness of material possessions. But if you do a word study on the word rich, what you will discover is that that word means command those who abound, who have an abundance In other words, command those who are the haves. How many of you know in this world there are the haves and the have-nots? And too often the haves don't even see themselves as the haves because they're too busy on focusing on those who have more than they. But can I just say, if you live on the North Shore of Sydney, you are one of the haves, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, you are one of the haves. If you live, I, I believe this, if you live in Australia, you're seriously a, a one of the haves. Why is that? Because there's a whole bunch of people out there that are trying to get here because they look at Australia and say, those people are the haves. And so what happens too often is that our focus is on what we don't have rather than what, are, what we do have. And so all that Paul is trying to do is to say, hey, come on, stop. Look at your life and look at what you have. Because it's from what you have that the next part of the verse comes in. And he says, so so let, let me read it like this. Okay, Timothy, command those who have in this present age, the haves of this present age, Tell them, don't be haughty. Number one, don't become proud. Come on. Don't become proud of where you are and arrogant. But adopt a spirit of humility because the opposite of being haughty is being humble. And there's something beautiful about humility because humility always embraces the people who are needy around you. Humility is a focus on others. Pride is a focus on me. And if you get into a spirit of pride, you will always focus on what else you need. But if you're humble, you're able to look at what you have. You know, my, my mother has always been an inspiration in my life. How many of you know that? You know, and, um, 
And my mother's like that, you know. So is my mother ultra wealthy? No, she's not. She's a pensioner. But you know what? She behaves as if she's ultra wealthy through a spirit of generosity. I'm just, I just get shocked by my mother. She will go without so that she can give. And it's like, but I've got, I've got all that I need, John. I've got all that I need. And you know what? She's, she's wanting to give to me all the time. And I say, Mom, I live the life of a millionaire. And seriously, I do. I, I, I get hold of that. She lives in a, you know, little house in Newcastle and, you know, her furniture is nowhere near as nice as mine. Um, you know, just whatever she has is nowhere near as nice as mine. But she wants to give all the time. And I'm thinking, how, how does that happen? And anybody that comes into a home, she's wanting to give to them. She's not looking at what she's lacking. She's looking at what she has. And then she compares her life now to her life when she was growing up in southern Italy, where she had nothing. You know, and you know, she lived with she lived with her parents in a home. She didn't even have a, her own bed. Can you believe that? She had to share her bed with siblings. And so she reckons that sometimes there would have been three or four kids in the bed. And I've, I've got an uncle that lives on the Gold Coast that's 10 years younger than my mum. And he grew up sleeping in my mum's bed. And to this day, he still treats her, his older sister, like a mother. And he phones her up every single day because as far as, as he's concerned, she treated him like her own child. And this, this spirit of generosity, you give love, you'll never regret it because it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking together. You live a life of generosity, you'll never regret it. It'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking over. Paul says, come on, don't place your trust in riches. Do good, be ready to give, be willing to share. And he says, to those of you that have, you have a responsibility to give to others. Let me talk a little bit about this in, in the last few minutes, the responsibility that the haves have. Now, as a church, we've been incredibly generous to missions. We've given millions, millions, what, 11, 12 million over the 28 years that I've been here. We've given millions to missions because of this very principle. But we're at a stage now, Anne and I are at a stage where we also realize that God has put so much in us, in experience. So just this last month, month of January, Anne and I celebrated 43 years of full-time ministry. Well, at least for me. And 40 years as a senior pastor. So when you have that amount of experience, when you have that amount in anybody that's been in a vocation for 40 years, can I tell you, that you have experience that the average person doesn't have or the newbie doesn't have. And you can either take that to the grave and then it's finished or give it out. And so this is what I've discovered. It's only what you pass on to others that will outlive you. Let me say it again. It's only that, that which you pass on to others that will outlive you. How many of you remember in the book of Acts, 
the story of Dorcas. It's found in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. The Bible says that Dorcas, this lady, was full of good works and charitable deeds. Full of good works and charitable deeds. And then one day she dies. And so there she is lying in state dead. And they call Peter to come in. And, and, and what you have is dead Dorcas. And then all these widows showing Peter the garments and tunics that Dorcas sewed for them. And, and, and when you read this verse, you see the contrast. Dead Dorcas and what outlived her. What outlived her is what she gave to the poor, the needy, the garments, the tunics. And so for me, the juxtaposition of dead Dorcas to these garments that they were still wearing is so confrontational. Why is it confrontational? Because what she gave outlived her. What we're trying to do is to give to others. Our, our, our three cultures as a church is loving God, growing spiritually, helping others. And what we're wanting to do with Life Source College is to help you grow spiritually, but then help you to help others. And I love the, the double focus of helping you to help others because that's where multiplication takes place, helping you to help others. And so there's next steps, next steps, next steps for everyone in this church if you want to grow spiritually and help others. If you want to build treasure in heaven, there are next steps. Oh, I so want you to have a mansion if there is such a, a, a thing as the front avenue of heaven. I, you know, I'm not sure that there is. But if there were, that's where I want you to live. Why? Because you've been encouraged by being part of Life Source to build treasure in heaven. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.